Hey everybody, this is Chelsea Schaefer and Caitlin Gustav, and this is The Score, the official podcast of the sport of team roping. This is the Team Roping Journal's semi-weekly podcast, highlighting the team roping industry's top talents and influencers through stories that inspire and connect ropers. We sit down with ropers from the professional ranks, as well as industry icons and producers to delve into topics that make the team roping world tick. This is season two. It will feature even deeper interviews, storytelling, and issue-based coverage, and we are so excited you're here. Hey everybody, welcome to The Short Score. This is Chelsea Schaefer, and today is a little bit different for this episode. I have Gabby Schiavino. Did I say your last name right? Yeah. I mess it up all the time, like in my head, and then I usually practice it so many times before I say it to you. That I nail it. I get it one like right one out of five times, but luckily those one out of five times are when I'm talking to you. Anyway, guys, this is Gabby. She is my associate editor here at the Team Roping Journal. She is an integral part of everything that happens, but you have never heard from her before. Hey, y'all. Why have we never heard from you before, Gabby? Wow, that's a good question. You know, I think I operate just a little bit more behind the scenes. I'm writing stories for the issues each month and I handle accounting and do some back-end stuff on our website so just kind of a little more behind the scenes. Yeah so Gabby has been with us since the very start of the Team Wrapping Journal back in 2017. I don't know if you guys remember about all at the same time USTRC came under Active Interest Media's roof with the World Series, so did Super Looper and Spindowin. Gabby had been working for another title at Active Interest Media, and they brought her on board for the Team Roping Journal, and she, it was a learning curve, an exciting learning curve. Yeah, <laughs> I knew very little, minimal uh, information about the sport of team roping. Um, I'd obviously seen it at the rodeo level, and the recreational, uh, you know, the, the associations and the just expansive community that is recreational team roping, I, I was completely unaware of it, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a massive subculture that operates under the radar as much as possible, but I think we've done a pretty good job of elevating its position in the mainstream, maybe. I don't know, maybe we're still under the radar. I say, you know, I used to say it about uh, cowboy culture. The the publication I used to work for was American Cowboy Magazine. And I used to say that the cowboy community was the biggest little community that I'd ever encountered. Mm -hmm. And then I found team roping. Yeah. And it blows cowboy the cowboy community out of the water. Yeah. It is the absolute biggest little community that exists. Absolutely. So what's fun about this article, so this uh, if you haven't guessed already, guys, this is an audio article edition of the short score, and Gabby is going to be reading the very first article, correct? Yeah. That you ever wrote about the team roping community. Yeah, and I was really, really lucky because I got to dive into the deep end with the Petersons out of Three Forks, Montana, who uh, have the Three Forks Saddlery, and you, you just couldn't get to interview a nicer family um, who did a really great job of explaining things to me in a way that I could understand, and, you know, I, I think I managed to put their story on paper in a way that 
everybody else could understand. <laughs> now, in the almost three years that you've been working for the Team Ripping Journal, what is the tell? You've got to tell the audience what the coolest criticism that you recently received about your writing was. <laughs> so, I mean, again, when I started, I knew just minimal about the sport, and including the language. There were there were words and sayings that I just. <laughs> I had never heard in my life. And so I would do interviews and then I would come back to Chelsea and Caitlin and I would say, what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> so most recently, we, we try to submit um, our work each year for awards. Um, I, we think we do a pretty good job. From what we hear from you all, we do a pretty good job. So anyway, we submit our work for uh, awards and I didn't get any this year, and the criticism that I received in my feedback was because my stories were too team roping specific, <laughs> and we consider that a major coup. That is, <laughs> that is the transition of Gabby Shavino. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I know I, she probably gets sick of me like touting that, but I'm so excited <laughs> that that is what they said about your writing. <laughs> All right, well, without further ado, Gabby, do you want to introduce this piece? Yeah. Okay, so this is Three Squared. Uh, it ran in the very first issue of the Team Roping Journal back in... September 2017. <laughs> Guys, for a little bit of background, we had three weeks to create a brand new magazine, teach Gabby enough words about team roping to make this happen, and it was just myself, Gabby, and Caitlin, who was our intern at the time. She's the producer of this podcast now. That was years ago. Um, and then Eva Young, our art director. So, Gabby? Yeah, without further ado, uh, Three Squared by G.R. Shavino. Three Squared. Three generations of ropers from the Three Fork Saddlery by G.R. Shavino. On July 11th, Sam Peterson, eight, left the box and roped his first steer. He's the most recent member of the Peterson family to join the ranks of the roping world, and his World Series finale roper dad, Joe, thinks it's pretty neat. Sam is learning to rope with his mom, Jessica, Miss Rodeo Montana 1994, and luckily for Sam, Joe's brother-in-law, three-time Wrangler NFR qualifier Nick Sarchet, husband to Joe's sister Jody, has been spending the summer with the family in Three Forks, Montana, and is also passing along some of his know-how. It seems to be working. Jessica turned her first steer the same day. Outside the arena, Joe can be found operating the historic Three Forks saddlery, now celebrating its 70th anniversary. It's a life he walked away from once, telling his parents, Nancy and Carl Peterson, he wouldn't be coming back as he headed off to college and then to pursue his engineering career in Colorado. During that time, Joe would travel with his dad to Texas to watch Sister Jody, a student at Vernon College and then Tarleton State University, compete in the summer rodeos. Having won Montana's WPRA circuit as a barrel racer when she was only 12 years old, Jody now found herself sharing the arena with yet-to-become rodeo greats Trevor Brazil and Turtle and Molly Powell. As Joe describes it, watching Jody whoop up on the Texas crowd re-inspired his own roping ambitions, so he got himself set up on Colorado's front range with a horse and some property and committed himself to the 9-to-5 commute as he continued to develop his engineering career. 
Then Joe admits, the work thing was kind of getting in the way of my roping thing. Circa 2000, he called the folks and said he wanted to come home. In 1973, Carl and Nancy Peterson were heading home to Montana after wintering their cattle in Texas. On a stopover in Buffalo, Wyoming to visit with friends, a for-sale ad in a discarded Billings Gazette caught their eye, and by April of that year, they were the proud owners of an itty-bitty saddle shop in Three Forks. Over the next few years, lots on either side of the shop were put on the market, and Carl and Nancy began to transform the Three Forks saddlery into the three-city block western destination it is today. From the get-go, they hired saddle makers to build custom rigs for their clients. With the payroll including craftsmen like Bob Kelly, Mark Berger, Jim Lathrop, and Chas Weldon. Then, it wasn't long before Nancy, the 1969 NIRA champion all-around cowgirl from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and a venerable team roper still, started picking up the tricks of the trade, first from her husband and then from her mentor, Bob Kelly. Kelly had come from Ray Holes' saddle company in Grangeville, Idaho, which had roots in West Coast saddle trees in Portland, Oregon, but employed a number of workers from the Visalia Stock Saddle Company. I learned the Visalia way to start with, Nancy recalls, and then I refined it to bring in some of the Sheridan styling. Don King's tooling was always real inspirational to me. Nancy developed a unique design featuring a narrow seat, in-skirt rigging, and inlay padding. And while the functionality of the saddle seemingly drove the design, aesthetics were never spared. Each saddle is a work of art. Demand for Nancy's saddles became so great that the wait time on them was between two and four years a great testament to her abilities and their quality, but an unsustainable practice in terms of keeping a business afloat. The solution to the problem was as unique and functional as the saddles themselves. Three Forks now contract saddle makers to build Nancy's saddle. We do quality control by putting the ground seat on the tree here in the shop, Joe explains. It takes each saddle maker, there are six who work full time for Joe, some time to get a handle on recreating Nancy's work. So the saddles then return to the shop for additional work to ensure the quality of work matches Nancy's own. The system has been a great success and has allowed Nancy and Carl to spend increasingly more time roping in Arizona during those cold, wintry Montana months. Jody and Nick reside in the Phoenix area, where Jody is the senior vice president of a commercial insurance powerhouse and contributes to numerous community outreach programs and Nick corners the sales market for Equibrand. In addition to raising their son Riker, eight, Jody and Nick, who is also an AQHA world champion, remain committed to roping. When Carl and Nancy join them in the winters, the roping becomes a true family affair. We live just a three minute walk across a little wash from their place, Nancy says. We ride our horses over to their arena and rope which is very convenient. Jody isn't competing as much because of her job, but she likes to come home and rope when she can. Of the roping community, Nancy comments, it just keeps growing and growing, and the roping just keeps getting tougher and tougher. And as there are more ropers, the tougher it's gonna be. When asked about her game plan when she enters the box and whether it's changed in the nearly 60 years she's been roping, she concludes, I've just got to stay aggressive, 
If you want to win, you've got to be aggressive. In a way, this community of amateur ropers has played a significant role in the Three Fork Saddlery's success. It was at the persuasion of Team Roping's head honcho, Denny Gentry, that Nancy Saddles were spotlighted at the 2009 World Series finale in Las Vegas when she partners with silversmith Gary Gist to create collectible miniature saddles. While having an appreciation for the miniatures, Joe remembers, the Team Ropers wanted something full-size, so Three Fork Saddlery returned to the South Point in 2012. That year, Joe qualified for his first finale Jody took third place, along with a considerable payout in the number 13, and the saddlery nearly sold out of saddles. The 2013 finale offered similar success in the booth and the arena, this time with Joe and cousin Brett Robinson taking seventh in the number 11, while Nancy and Jody took the 25th spot in the number 9. The trend has continued over the years, including last year, when Joe was worried what impact low oil and cattle prices would have. But to his surprise, Three Fork Saddlery, which shared a booth with roping apparel company Go Rope, had perhaps its best finale yet. We're very blessed. Okay, very blessed. And I'm a believer. The Lord has blessed us, and so I give him that glory. But I was just amazed. And so, we're kind of hooked on the finale, Joe said, thinking back to last December. In the meantime, Nancy is preparing to retire from building saddles. She still has a few more orders to complete, but is looking forward to building saddles at leisure. And though it might seem like the end of an era, Joe has the saddlery poised for many decades of success. A partnership with Neil Merrill has resulted in the Three Forks building the Merrill Barrel Saddle at a rate of nearly one per week, and they're consistently four to six months out on them. The saddlery also offers Sue Smith barrel saddles, Merrill barrel pads, which are offered for ropers and trail riders too, custom chinks and apparel and gifts, as well as offering tack repairs and used saddles on consignment or trade, in addition to a few new saddles, though it's a challenge to keep them stocked. So whether a custom saddle is on this year's Christmas list or not, don't miss the opportunity to stop in the Three Forks saddlery, either in Three Forks, Montana, or at their booth in the South Point to celebrate 70 years of Western heritage and exceptional saddle making and to shake hands with three generations of ropers. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this piece. We are, you guys are listening to these audio articles at a huge rate, which we are so excited about because I think that means we are getting content out to people that maybe not have never read it before and, and kind of different we're reaching you at a different level and that's kind of the goal is to make sure we're hitting everybody where they want to be informed so let us know if you like these leave us a review or a rating however you're listening most of you guys are listening on iTunes so scroll down to the bottom of the page and give us a review and we will talk at you on Thursday with an episode of the score